Hey everybody, how's it going? I am Chase Jarvis. Welcome to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. You remember me. This is where I sit down with the world's top creatives, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders and unpack actionable and they damn well better be valuable insights with the goal of helping you live your dreams in career, in hobby, and in life. My guest today is the Gabby Bernstein. She rocks. You guys are going to love this episode. Uh, the short version, uh, the details behind Gabby's after living through her own crisis, uh, she battled addiction, a handful of other things that she shares in this episode. She discovered, among many other things, meditation as a really important way to unlearn a bunch of negative habits, negative self-talk, and build a life based on, get this, love. It was such a powerful conversation. I love her story. I think a lot of people are scared to tell their stories of dealing with addiction, of dealing with the challenges, and Gabby goes right at it with no fear uh, and a whole lot of love, which is, uh, I think, one of the most powerful aspects of this is there's a huge built-in compassion with a bunch of actionable insights on the other side of that compassion, um, which usually I hear conversations about um, this kind of stuff, and it's missing one of those two elements. Well, Gabby nails it. I'm really proud of the show we built uh, for you. Um, she's a, a regular expert on Dr. Oz. Um, she's been named a new role model by the New York Times. She's a best-selling author, founder of HerFuture.com. Um, which is a pretty cool little social networking site that inspires and empowers uh, and connects women. She's also been named, get this, a next generation thought leader by Oprah. Um, but besides all of her accolades and uh, all that stuff, which I could go on for a long time, she is very well regarded. I want to give a real personal story here. So I mentioned earlier that she talks a lot about meditation and you have heard me and other, you know, episodes of this show and elsewhere on my social feeds and whatnot talk about how meaningful meditation has been to me. Um, I first dabbled in it as a young um, athlete. I went to college on a soccer scholarship. And, you know, back at that point, it was visualization. And, and that just gave me a little tip into how powerful the mind can be. I found it very, very successful. And uh, later in life, thanks to my wife, Kate, she sort of pushed me towards this thing. We tried a bunch of different types of meditation and one of them really really stuck and it has been the thing that I attribute a huge amount of my success to it's as if the rest of the world is sort of frantic and and when I'm practicing well and by well I don't mean like good or bad but as in like I'm doing the work the rest of the world seems to move in slow motion the decisions that I make are clear what I should and shouldn't be doing um, it's just been a game changer for me my relationships, I'm a better husband, friend, uh, leader, um, student, all those things because of meditation. And you know, one of the things that, uh, so beyond my, the, the, the experience that I've had with meditation, what Gabby does in this episode is, well, first of all, she actually walks us through a meditation. It's a, she sort of shows you literally, if you don't have um, you know, you don't want to get one of those apps or read a book or like she will, she gives you in this episode, a very simple, basic prescription for meditation. Nobody that I know I've ever, I've talked to about meditation to so many people, so many of my, my friends do it. And no one's ever actually said how or what they meditate beyond just like, oh, I do transcendental or I do, 
uh, mindfulness, right? She will literally give, she gives you the prescription to meditate here. And it's, it's simple and beautiful. You know, I think her her methods, they resonate with so many people in large part because of her practice. It demystifies all this stuff and sort of there's still a certain texture, like a, a gravity when she talks. But she she's also she takes it out of the like, oh, man, my chakra is aligned with my left toe, which means, I'm you know, she she, it, she takes it out of the, the total random or if you're not a practicing meditator, what sounds like random hoopla, and she grounds it in really simple, she grounds it in tradition, she grounds it in action, I know you will love it. Gosh, what else? We, we cover consistent, I think this is the last thing that I'm going to say before we get in the show, we cover how critical it is to be consistent, not heroic, that's also borrowing from Kelly Sturette. Talk about how consistency, like a plan is only as good as a plan can be if you can actually do the plan. So she talks about simple ways so that you can stay on track. She she considers herself a spirit junkie. Um, if you search that hashtag, you'll get so much stuff from Gabby. And I promise you, this is well worth the 60 minutes or whatever it is that we talk about. You will find a ton of value. Whew. Now, before we get into the show, I would like to give a shout out to our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest hub for online creative education. Education in photo, video, art design, music and audio, and the ability to make a living and a life in those disciplines. It's the highest quality, highly curated classes taught by the world's top experts. We're talking Pulitzer Prize winners, Oscar winners, Grammy Award winners, New York Times bestselling authors, and the best entrepreneurs of our time. Names like Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, Ariana Huffington are on the platform. And you get classes taught from guys like Tim Ferriss, Lewis Howes, uh, Ramit Sethi. Again, I could list uh, a thousand other names of the top photographers, designers, musicians, the best in class. You get it. Now, right now, if you're familiar with me and my work, you might be saying, well, wait a minute. Isn't that a company that you started, Chase? Well, yes, it is. In fact, Creative Live makes this entire podcast possible. And in fact, all of my longstanding Chase Jarvis Live shows. Creative Live has millions of students around the world more than two billion minutes of education have been consumed on that video platform so you know that's a little bit of the sort of the what and the how behind creative live but here's the why which i think is so critical creative live exists to help you live your dreams in career hobby and life in short i started creative live with a bunch of really committed friends because we saw a a big need in the world we wanted to help our peers and friends and, and folks out there in the world transition to new careers live new dreams take the leap if you will into an entirely different sort of direction where you can leave that job, maybe your job with the man, and strike out on your own. I also saw my peers in the photo and design world needing to sort of up their skills and get ahead. And I saw friends who were happily working at great companies but wanted to pursue their hobby to a next level that you know, might someday parlay into a side hustle. So we built that platform. Uh, These classes at Creative Live are the most highly and authentically produced of any of the online video platforms you'll experience. The top experts, it's all shot with 48 cameras, all in HD, beautifully presented and accessible on desktop, tablet, mobile. You know I stand for quality and that's what Creative Live uh, puts out. To that end, I have also taken it upon myself to curate a handful of my very favorite classes and mix them in with some of the top performing classes on Creative Live. And I'll bake that into a landing page called creativelive.com slash hustle just for you. This community listens to our podcast here. So you should go there and you should check that out as a special thank you for being a podcast listener. 
If you find a class that you love, either from the ones that I've curated or elsewhere on the site, and you want to buy it, during checkout, enter the code CHASER. That's my name plus an R, just C-H-A-S-E-R. And do that during checkout, and you'll get 25% off your order. Uh, I think that's awesome, and I hope you do too. So thanks very much for checking it out. Let me know what you think. Now, that's it for the sponsors. Uh, Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, in New York, came all the way here to sit down with you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for coming here. I'm happy thanks to do it. Thanks for wearing your Buddha shirt. I did. I literally <laughs> wore my Buddha shirt for you. I was like, what am I? Gabby, of course, my Buddha shirt. My wife, Kate, full credit. She's like, you're going to sit down with Gabby. I got a new, <laughs> new shirt. Literally, I was like, she, she bought me three new shirts for my trip today. Cool. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I'm just going to cut right to the chase and say, one of the reasons, there are many, but one of the reasons that I wanted you to be on this uh, on the show and a part of this 30 Days of Genius series is because for me personally, one of the things that's unlocked my creativity has been spirituality. I'm just full confession, I'm not a religious person, but uh, about five years ago, I started meditating and something strange happened, which is I felt like it was a, a catapult for me creatively. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering, I mean, you have had, you talked about some personal transformation before we started recording. I'm wondering if you can give the people at home a little bit of background and why you have chose to sort of lead this spiritual junkie, spirit junkie life mm-hmm. that you, you, you call it. Well, first of all, you said something strange happened when you started meditating. Yes. But it's actually, everything else is strange. That, <laughs> that's the normal thing. That's, yes, that's, that's, that's actually reality, who right? we are meant to be Great. in that creative inspired way. And so it's when we return to a spiritual practice that we begin to remember that is our essence. We remember that creative side of ourselves. We remember that, that peace and, so, and that inspiration that we can download. And it's who we are, but we forget, right? So, so true. So it seems like, oh, this strange thing happened, but it's actually everything else is it's strange. It's normal. Everything else is weird. And it gets weird when you get off track. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that is the sense that, you know, not to kiss your ass or anything, but that's the sense that I felt when I started meditating, like, ah, mm-hmm. all that other stuff is noise. This is, this, mm-hmm. this is um, what matters. And one of the things, like a characteristic of a lot of people that I have had on the show is tend to be um, very driven, sort of success is a primary focus, mm-hmm. like hunger, hunger, hunger. And there's this underlying tone of, I, I, need, to, I need to be more in balance, but the thing that got me here was all this hard work and grinding and crushing and you know mm-hmm. you know all the, all the words that we use culturally, mm-hmm. and yet ultimately the handful of people that I know who have decided to put that on pause for a second realize that the thing that they thought was their driver and got them where they are was mm-hmm. actually an anchor. And when they start sort of embracing their spiritual side, they just everything accelerated for them. So yes. yeah, talk to me about that. Yes. Well, you know, you kind of mentioned my my backstory a little bit and why I became a self-proclaimed spirit junkie. Uh, and I think that it's very much that's like, I think that when we have that perception that that, uh, that drive and that force is what's making things happen, that's when we often can hit a big bottom. Yeah. Um, and we live in that way, whether it's being forcefully driven or quite the opposite, maybe totally 
in the opposite direction of fear and 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 just debilitating yeah. ways of living. Yeah. Um, but we do whichever direction we choose is really based on whatever happens in that core foundation of what happens to you as a child. Uh, and so are we going to go back to my childhood? Here? We we can if you want. <laughs> Danger. Um, we can if you want. It, it, it can feel dangerous, but yeah. I think that I think at the same time, if we can learn how to 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 restore that feeling of danger from that past and, and have a different perception of it, that's when we can start to feel and heal and live a very enlightened life. And Let, so let's talk a little bit about your journey first, because I mean I I've already sort of talked about a lot of the other people on the show, but the mm -hmm. reason that you're sitting in this chair and we've come all the way to New York is to hear about you. So Give us your backstory. You used to be doing this, and now you're doing this. Talk to talk about your personal journey. Um, so yeah, so I I was brought up actually around a lot of spiritual teachings. So much like you, I, I said I, you said I have to confess I'm not religious. Well, neither am I. Mm -hmm. uh, I was brought up in a household that was probably Jewish, but but really. What, what I was most drawn to in my Jewish culture was really the spiritual elements of it, the the, the song, the dance, the the traditions, the, the community, exactly. such great traditions. Um, faith, but yeah. but my mother was not religious and Jewish really at all. I mean, she's Jewish, but she wasn't practicing, and so she was really spiritual. And so she she brought me in and out of ashrams and and taught me to meditate when I was a um, a kid, and then and then deeply taught me to meditate when I was in high school, and gave me the tool of meditation when I was finding myself in a lot of depression and not really understanding how to navigate some feelings from the past. And uh, really, you know, just like I was saying earlier, that the, the trauma that we may experience as children is something that may be as simple as someone telling you you're not good enough or, or, or even or something as t terrible as child abuse. Whatever that trauma is for a child, it dictates the path that you take in your life. And so we have these feelings of inadequacy. We have these feelings of, of, of discomfort. We have these feelings of not being good enough. We have these feelings of, of terror in some cases. And we don't know what to do with them. So some of us, we say, in my case, it was like, I'm going to achieve. That was, like, that was, that was the way I was going to anesthetize the pain from my childhood. Right? I'm going to achieve. And in that achieve, achieve, achieve mentality, I also went into very addictive patterns. And so by the time I was 21, I was highly achieving, running a PR business here in New York City, uh, you know, had never really had a job, just was like, I'm starting a company, and with my achieve mentality, had no problem doing that. Got clients, built up a business, but at the same time, that was an addictive pattern that also led into other addictive patterns, relationship issues, uh, and then worst of all, drug and alcohol issues. And so by the time I was 25, I was like severely addicted to drugs. And so at that point, I had this higher awareness and this higher consciousness that there is a different way to live. And I think that we always, in any point in our life, have the opportunity to really choose to activate our free will. We could say, I'm gonna keep going down this road and potentially die, or I wanna redirect. And for me, no one really intervened. It wasn't like I had some big intervention because my life was still working. I was still running my business. I still had my, my, my bills were being paid, but I was a high-functioning drug addict yeah. at 25. And um, I hit a huge bottom because ultimately I, I, my higher self spoke louder, thankfully, and, and really reminded me that this is not who I really am and this is not the life I'm here to live. Was there a fear that in giving that up that you would somehow give up the success and the achievement? Could you tie those things um, together? Because Not again, yet. I can okay. get to that part of the story, actually. Okay, keep, keep going. The, I interrupted. The, no, I think that in... No, it's a great question because it do, that does come up a little bit later, but the, the, 
I didn't actually give up the achieve, achieve, achieve thing. I gave, which is clearly you're <laughs> right, and I'm thankful for that. But it still is an addictive pattern, so we got to be real about that, right? Yep. And for those or those overachievers out there that are that are watching, I want to really address that because it is addiction. It is addiction. I mean, while it has served me well and it has served the world at this moment in time, I'm having a whole other reframe around it. So, but I got we were talking right now about ten years ago. I got sober ten and a half years ago, and I was well, twenty five years old. Yeah, so I, I got clean at that time because I, I had that moment of this is not who I am here to be. And I, and I ha all the while that I was using drugs, I was reading self-help books and like, you know, running in and out of yoga classes, like trying to find a way. And, uh, and I, I'm thankfully, I, ha I hit enough of a bottom to, to really hear what was next. And there's a beautiful quote that I share often, which is, um, <clears throat> Rumi says, the wound is the place where the light enters you. And wow, that's, that's moving to me because it's exactly what happened for me. It was like that, that and, and it continues to happen because as we continue to grow spiritually, unfortunately, we do continue to uncover more wounds, ultimately. Yeah, there's sort of an awareness, you know, whether it's self-awareness or cultural awareness, all of those things, they, they tend, for me, it's been a path of sort of exposing, the work is never done, I guess. Mm. As soon as you, you know, uh, as soon as you achieve one thing or hit a new level of awareness or spirituality or achievement, whatever your measure is, it's 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 sort of like then that's what unlocks. Like, oh, so this is what the next level looks like. Or when you're speaking a language, as soon as you realize you got those verbs, the past tense, then there's this other kind of thing that, that is a new, like, oh man, I got a lot more work to do, so. Right, and that can only happen with your commitment to growth, right? Because it's like, if you just say, I'm, okay, I got this, I'm done, I'm gonna just cruise control now with what I've learned, then that next level of healing or that next level of learning can't be brought to you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, so I got sober at 25, and, and, in, and, I, and I had been speaking publicly prior to that, just, just about vocational topics and entrepreneurship, because I was like obsessed with my, my capacity to just achieve, and I wanted to talk about it, and I wanted to teach other people, and I went to a lot of colleges and universities teaching kids to how to, you know, teaching kids that were my age at the time, teaching people how to, you know, how I had become an entrepreneur. So I love speaking, and so I started speaking very quickly about what was happening to me from a spiritual recovery standpoint. And so I started to put on talks at like the Soho House in New York and, and like all these trendy places where I was like, you know, showing up in like heels and, and you know, Rick Owens, like giving talks on, <laughs> on God, right? And whatever that meant to me. And so I started to attract this really groovy audience of these like trend-setting New York women. And this was way before anybody was gluten-free, nobody drank green, no one was juicing their salad, <laughs> right? Like that did not exist. Right. And, and, so and it was like no one was meditating. I mean, not no one, but not, sure. no one of my generation yeah. was meditating or, uh, you know, reading spiritual texts. Like I, 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 I you know, I'm going to really claim that I feel like I was definitely at the forefront of this incredible trend of wellness that has yeah. occurred in the last 10 years. I'm very proud to have been at the forefront of that and helped to, you know, to engage the world in that, the, this new generation. Yeah. And I want to say the world because I have many teachers that have been doing this a long yeah, time. Yeah, tens of thousands of years, sure. So, so it's not like this is anything new, but it's just I was doing it in a new way, in a new language, and in a new outfit. And, and, <laughs> and culturally, like you said, there is a, certainly a zeitgeist, and that's one of the things that yes. in having you a part of, you know, on the show and a part of the series that I, I'm aiming to tap into. Um, so let me ask another probing question. So you start talking, uh, sharing your 
thoughts and beliefs. Were you, were you sharing your recovery story or what were you sharing? I, you know, I was sharing my spiritual recovery story. Yes, I was very forthcoming from the beginning about the fact that I was sober and that I was proud to be, have put down the drink and the drug, but it wasn't, that wasn't it. I mean, this, was, this wasn't a 12-step meeting. It was like, this is a, uh, how do I spiritually recover? And, 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 learning, and fr learning from the, from the recovery program that I was in, learning from the spiritual text that I had been uh, totally thrown myself into, uh, and, and, and really establishing what all of those teachings meant to me personally, and then demystifying those principles and really presenting them in a way that was very easy for people to understand. So let's go into the demystification path yeah. here. So, I'm, I'm banking, I just know from my own interactions with the people who pay attention to what I'm doing in Creative Live, I've talked about meditation. And anytime I talk about it, I go on a podcast or give a keynote or I was just at South By, and uh, so many people are curious about my meditation practice. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm guessing that you can, why don't you try and put a bow on it, if you will, like what is happening, why, why now? Why things like meditation? Why spiritual awareness? What's what is it about the the times? Um, is it the millennial generation that's coming up trying to self-actualize? Why now? And what is the the that we're talking? So I think about? we always needed meditation. I just think that we're so fried and our nervous systems are so screwed. <laughs> to be brutally so, yeah, honest, yeah. Um, it's if and just even our the brain activity, the the sitting here like this all day. I mean. It's so jarring to our nervous system, and it's and it's so overwhelming, and it's the only way to survive these times is if, if you have a meditation practice. You can quote me on that. Wow. Yeah, that's the only way to survive. And so you will go mad if you don't. Let's talk about that. Okay, keep going down that path. And so, if so, the why now is because we're just we're hitting our wits end basically. The the culture has become so toxic. A, what is it about the culture that's toxic? And specifically, is it just meditation? Or I'm guessing there's a whole host of things that you would, well, if you could I, prescribe like, yeah, your chase, give a I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna give a prescription today. Yes, all right. Well, first of all, I mean, I'm I, just Should I put my the, feet up? No. Put your feet up, let's get, seriously. <laughs> you can lie okay. back, don't worry, you're good. Yeah, there's my phone. Um, you know, let your phone stay on the floor right Let's now. Let's do this that is probably, right there. That's part Boom. of the prescription. Drop Boom. that phone on the floor. Down on the floor. Um, yeah. Bad phone. I, mean, I was in an Uber on my way here, and we're listening to the radio, and it's like, there was an interview about, like, you know, all of the politicians saying all the things that they want to do to fight back ISIS, and then, and then sort of, a, um, I think it was, it was like a military expert saying, like, that is so much worse than they, that, that is making things so much worse. Because all of this, like, we're gonna fight back, we're gonna, we're gonna do this, we're gonna detain, we're gonna, you know, all these different ideas that are being thrown around for political sake are just fueling fire to that demon, right? Yep. And so that sort of overarching, that is the overarching issue, right? It's like there is fear, chaos, and terror, which turns into terrorism. And whether that be like in the literal form of, of ISIS or that be in the terrorism within your psyche, right? And so the more negativity that is thrown at it, the more flames are just thrown on that fire, right? More fuel on that yeah. fire. And so that, 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 that sort of analogy of seeing how the politicians are just fueling the fire of the terrorists is the same way that we are as human beings walking around just 
creating chaos with judgment, attack, separation, negativity on the internet, um, and just you know re repurposing fear all day long, all day long. So we're all literally in this terrifying cycle of just chaos, negativity, fear, and the culmination of the, all of that drama, right? Yeah, it's and, heavy. It's and it's extraordinarily real. heavy. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it here because I mean, while this is the place to talk about creative, creative live and, and creativity and inspiration, we've got to get real about what's blocking it all. For sure. And, and I also revealed before we started recording that like, one of the biggest accelerants for me was sort of trying to put down the thing that I, that I, I believed got me there. And I, it was this hustle, the mm -hmm. voice inside your head that's getting you up at mm -hmm. 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, Brene Brown is a friend. She calls them gremlins. Mm -hmm. uh, Ariana Huffington calls it that the roommate that you hate or something mm -hmm. like that. That's great. <laughs> who's that, I love that. Who's uh, in your head at 3 or 4 a.m. when you get right. up to go to the bathroom and saying you're not good enough, you're not worthy, uh, you know, shame and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, Let's just let's agree, so we don't have to talk about death and destruction for too much longer. Like it's it's real, but that voice that's in your head. Let's just assume that it's it's cultural in nature and it's not our native state. Now switch over to the prescription side. Like, well, that's why you today you were like, well, what do you want to prescribe? I said love, right? So so love casts out all that fear, and when we make a commitment to restore our own internal condition to a loving perspective, to choose to see through a lens of love, to choose to react through a lens of love, to choose to experience ourselves through a lens of love, and that's what a spiritual practice is. If we make that commitment, then what happens is a ripple effect. Your, I mean, it's really quantum physics, right? Your energy begins to vibrate at a different level, and then that begins to affect the people that you, you encounter. And so you vibrating at a creative, inspired, loving lens is what has allowed millions of people to find this creative live Got it. company, right? When, um, let's go to a very tactical lever now, because we level, we're, we're, we're talking like cultural, um, the thing that you're prescribing is love. Love is a very big concept. What is love and sort of spirituality look like in a very practical sense. And we'll yeah. talk about it from, let's just use you as an example, yeah. because you know you probably better than anybody else. Yeah. Um, what does it look like in the morning, you know, for example? It's, it's like, okay, so I've, I've written five books. The fifth book is coming out. I said out. four so coming Four books, but okay. the fifth is on the way. So five are written and in, almost in print. <laughs> and I have dedicated my life to, to, to really demystifying and, and, and creating easy to manage content. So I could literally sit here for the next five hours and give you tools and tools and tools, but let's give it. We'll send people to your site let, actually to do that. Most important, let me just give you the most important ones. Let's okay. talk about what is what it is that, first and foremost, what is it that we're doing when we're on a spiritual path? What we're doing is we're unlearning all the fear and the chaos and we're remembering the love of who we are. And that's kind of what we were talking about when you and I first began, which is that you said, oh, it's so weird, this crazy thing happened when I was meditating, I felt so inspired. No, you're actually just remembering that that's who you are. You think it's crazy because you've identified, we, we, I'll say yeah. we, we've all identified so closely with the chaos. We believe we are the chaos. We believe we are the trauma. We believe we are the, the stories from the past. And it's, a I'm not gonna lie, it's a lot of work to reorganize those belief systems. Yeah. Um, I don't wanna use the word work, it's commitment and conviction. Like we can't look at it as work. We have to see it as, as, a, as a committed path and it can't be something that you dabble in. 
And it can't be that, you know, I've got this casual meditation practice, like sometimes I pray. It's like, it's got to be every day. And I say that, and you know, I, while I may seem like this like sweet woman, I am a fierce, fierce preacher of this principle, which is that it can't be something that we dip in and out of. Because in order to really reorganize and reframe and, and establish a new way of being, a new energy, a new uh, belief system, a new consciousness, and a new purpose, yeah. we had to stay committed to reorganizing all the stories that we chose to believe in in the first place. What I love about, actually, first of all, thank you for having a point of view and having a strong point of view. Um, you're known for that. But also, the when I started meditating, I think this is a it, 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 what helped me was just doing something instead of nothing every yeah. day. And, you know, they're encouraged at TM, for those of you who don't know, TM means Transcendental Meditation. They prescribe 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening. And at first, you know, you, you, I went through the class, the training, if you will, and it's like, wow. I practice TM too. Yeah, okay, 20 minutes feels like a super long time. And I'll say this morning, I only got 12 minutes. It's great. It's fantastic. Be because it's that's how much time I had. But it's brilliant that you did it. Yeah, and the fact that you know I had to wake up at six fifteen in the morning, and that even five minutes. Yeah, literally. That's that's my point. Is like what you're preaching is not that you have to do twenty minutes in the morning and twenty minutes in the evening, or do nothing because it's it's you all. You have or to nothing. do something. Do something. That's yeah, and I think I'm preaching two different things. So one thing is that my belief system is to experience true change. You got to commit and you got to do the work, right? And I really want to keep staying away from the word work. I want to say like you yeah. got to be on the path. Okay. And I say that because how else are you going to reorganize decades of crap? Yeah. How else are you going to relearn and re and remember something new? I mean. In some way, shape, or form, we've all experienced some kind of trauma. I'm actually um, diving very deep into the topic of trauma right now. And so we all have it in some way, whether it be you know, horrific or just something simple, like a teacher telling you you're stupid when you're seven, right? It, it, it affects us. And so in order, and that oftentimes gets locked in our physical being. And sure, you carry that around on your body. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had for TMJ for 30 years, and only now am I addressing traumas that I wasn't even aware of from when I was a kid, and, and it's now coming to a head that I know I will be able to release this through that healing, right? Yeah. But, the, but the point isn't that <clears throat> we have to do it all overnight. It's a one-day-at-a-time gig, and it's a, it's a path, and it's a practice. So to your point... If, it's, if today it's five minutes of meditation and tomorrow it's uh, journaling in my notebook or if, if this afternoon it's a prayer. Um, I, I love the 12-step motto, it works if you work it. So it's like, yes, keep it simple, but be consistent. Consistent, it's amazing how, cons how consistency ultimately wins. That's the thing, there's so many people, and you can look at it like creative energy or artists came out and they had their one-hit wonders, we got all kinds of names for, for that. But the, I think the true artists are the ones that uh, not just survive, but thrive. It's very much about just taking so, doing something yeah. on a regular basis. It, it's because making something every day, just the, the intention of yeah. setting out, this is like a thing that I'm gonna create because there is a creator in all of us, and even if it's just a picture, and you're sharing it so that we know you're out there, and there's this sort of a self-awareness that you develop that I am capable I am powerful and I can, you know, I have efficacy when I put something out into the world. Yeah. 
that's a, a unique uh, human activity. Yeah, and, and I like what you're saying too, which is something that I've always taught, which is taking lots of little right actions. So it's like if you want to begin a meditation practice and someone's never meditated before, sit for five minutes this morning and, or this afternoon or whenever you're listening to this, and you have a mantra that was given to you because you've been practicing TM, but I can prescribe a mantra as a Kundalini meditation teacher, which um, the mantra Satnam, which is truth identified, right? Uh, recognizing the truth is your name, Satnam, right? Truth is your name. And just sitting in five minutes of stillness, repeating the mantra, Satnam, Satnam, Satnam. And when, just like TM, when your mind detours in that other direction, and it does. return to the mantra. That's the simple. So, I mean, just to give somebody a tool now, how do you meditate? Use start with the mantra. Sitting, repeating the mantra, you're gonna detour, you're gonna go into crazy, you're gonna like, go Like, oh to, my God, what's the grocery, the grocery list? Uh, what the I roommate that Ariana was talking about will come in. <laughs> crazy roommate, I was a crazy roommate? Yeah. Obnoxious, obnoxious roommate. Obnoxious roommate, yeah. So she'll come. And then return to the mantra. So if someone starts out with two minutes of that, um, you can find your pulse. Like take four, four fingertips and place them on your pulse and find your pulse. And then you can repeat that mantra, Satnam, with the beat of your pulse. And that's actually one of the greatest beginner meditations, just to, to connect to your pulse, long, deep breath, repeating Satnam with that, with that pulse. And so simple, simple little tools. And why do we meditate? We need to reorganize our energy. We need to reorganize our nervous system. We need to allow ourselves, because so many of us live in fight or flight, right? Whether it be from past experience or just waking up this morning to an alarm and then reading, you know, reading your Snapchat news, like yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. It, I mean, even the fact that uh, Ariana brought up the fact that it's called an alarm. Yeah. I mean, just contextual, like that's exactly, there's this, all this sort of surreptitious shit underpinning all of what we live through every day. Yeah. Like alarm, you wake up, yeah. and what is an alarm? Alarm is like fight or flight mode, right? Totally. They sound the alarm when you're getting attacked yeah. or when there's a fire in the building, alarm. Yeah. And that's what we wake up to every day. Yeah, I actually made an app called the Spirit Junkie Alarm app. And it's an alarm clock that when you set it, I, I actually worked with some musicians to create really beautiful tones so that you could wake up to something a little bit more comforting. And then when you wake up to that, what comes up on your phone is an affirmation. And so rather than waking up and going straight to your email or straight to CNN or straight to Huffington oh, Post God. or whatever, no offense, Ariana, but <laughs> uh, we can go there later, but um, we can go to that affirmation. We can go, we can be woken up to that message, that, that through line of a, of a clearer a clear point. Beautiful. Let's talk about you. What is your morning look like? I, I, you know, it's, it's a little bit trendy now. I feel like I've been, I've been investigating and thinking about morning routines for probably a decade, mm -hmm. ever since I realized that I tried to shift my personal perspective. I mm -hmm. found that preparing for my day in a specific way gave me so much more, is the word power, but efficacy and yeah. the feeling of and power. life. It's your true power. Yeah, power. Yeah. Um, what does it look like for you? So I wake up to my spirit junkie alarm. And I look at the affirmation, so I remind myself of something I'd written months ago. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, like oh, oh that's good. <laughs> it's funny to me because sometimes I speak to myself like in the most perfect ways. <laughs> and so I'll look at my alarm. Um, then I then I actually do close my eyes and I do um, 
my 20 minute meditation sitting up in bed so I think sometimes just not getting out of bed is sort of the simplest way if my husband's still sleeping I'll go up I'm in a loft and so I'll go up to my loft and I'll go right into my meditation that's before I eat before I drink I will have brushed my teeth first though I do the same um, thing yeah brush my teeth and, and then meditate. go meditate yeah. yeah and I think it's important to do it first because if you don't then you're already into the crazy and so first thing do that meditation and then and then from there I can begin my day um, I also say some prayers each morning, just really turning over my day. Just gratitude stuff, or what's the? What you know, it? I really surrender my day to a power greater than me, and and for me that means uh, an energy force beyond my own. It means a, a a power of love that I know that is within me and around me, and that it's it's available to me, but I have to ask for it. Powerful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, what is the like? Is there a? Like food, and do you take a walk, or do you avoid your email? Talk, talk to me a little bit more no, about that. No, um, you know, I, 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 I have like a green smoothie often in the morning or something. I, I take a ton of supplements. I'm like a real supplement junkie, so I will pound my supplements in the morning. <laughs> okay. And then um, it kind of depends on the day and where I am. But I'm, I'm proud to say that I've just begun to create more freedom because for a long time I had like a, a limiting belief that like I ha if, no, if I don't do it nobody else will and so I just like went on a hiring spree and started hiring tons of people to help me and that's awesome and it's great to help people help you you know and so um, so and, and help your mission and so I feel like I've created a little bit more space so sometimes I'll do um, a little Tracy Anderson and workout in the morning or like I like nice. to do everything online um, I live half the time in New York City and half the time in the country, like up on a mountain. Oh, and wow. so when I'm in the country, I will be in nature at some point in the day, whether it be taking a walk down my driveway, which is a mile, mile long, wow. and, um, and, or, or and back, which is two miles, um, or if it's just going for a hike in the woods or something like that. So being in nature has changed my life. Uh, my, my, my house was really like one of the greatest blessings that was given to me. Um, I was trying to manifest an apartment in New York City, and the universe had a better plan for me. And we wound up buying a house in the country. <laughs> so. Well, let's let's talk about that connection to nature. One of the things that uh, so many creatives or people who have that entrepreneurial spirit, they come to New York or San Francisco, L.A., Seattle, people places where uh, where like-minded people are aggregating and where there's money and influence and opportunity and like uh, photographers, like, oh, I'm moving to New York. And, right. and, and many people who are part of this uh, series have said, yeah, I dropped everything, moved to New York, and it helped make things happen. But let's talk for a second about the flip side of that. I dropped everything, moved to the country, and it helped make everything happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's um, a, like, there, but there's, there's this connection, and that's one of the things that I feel when meditating, or actually, to say feel it when meditating is probably the right, wrong, but it's just immediately after that, there's sort of this connectedness that you've, like, I look at another person or another, like, across the room, and it all feels like a single unified thing. Yeah. And earth, like, putting your feet on the ground yeah. or being outside and smelling nature and, and what doesn't smell like the sidewalks of New York City, mm -hmm. I've always felt that as a powerful thing. What is there something there? What's the there there? Well, I mean, it's... It's, it's space, right? So it's, it's being in a, uh, a clear, energetic space. And that's what nature really pr provides us. Because when we walk around these streets, while it can be very engaging and inspiring and artful and all that, it's jarring. 
It's also it's some of that toxicity that you were talking about. Totally. I mean, literal, literal toxins in yeah. the air and then just the energetic toxins of just, just picking up what everybody else is throwing down, you know? Yeah. And then that space, that expansiveness, and, and also the, the, even just the literal clear air. One of the things that you've talked about, uh, I've you know, watched a lot of your videos online, you, you talk also a lot about um, the daily practice, but also that we're real, we're human, we're fallible, we sort of fall off the wagon. And one of the things that I've noticed in, in my friends, that they, there's this judgment like, oh, I'm a bad person, I can't stick with this practice. Yeah. So give, I think it's very real to know that the people who are out there are trying to start this thing, that it doesn't, it's not like an overnight thing, it doesn't yeah. have to be. So how do we avoid, if we're saying we need to do this every day and then we're realizing that we're human, What's the, well, the self-talk? That's that why we I was need saying that I think that there's two sides to my like preacher conviction because one side of it is that I I'm in that place of conviction like you, we the only way that we can reorganize is through this and I do believe that okay. 100%. But I also don't want it to become a reason for you to judge yourself because then that just again throws fuel to that fire that's going on all day long. Sure. And so. That's where the simplicity of a practice comes in, keeping it simple, making a commitment to do one thing every day. I mean, right now people are watching these videos. Make the commitment to watch one of these videos for the next 30 days. That can change your, that can literally change the neural pathways of your brain because you're repeating new behavior every single day. Yes. And so it, it, that repetition of new behavior is what creates that long-term change. And so I am, that's, I am much more interested in someone that's, done something for one minute a day than someone that's like, you know, gone to 11 day silent retreat and then just went off and drank for a month and then came back and did the 20 days to this, you know what I mean? It's yes, like, I'm, it's the consistency yeah. that really blows my mind. And, and so that consistency actually just really stems from willingness. And so I think the most important uh, quality of a spiritual student is someone who is willing to grow. The willingness, the openness, being able to receive. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about your beliefs uh, tying creativity to the work that you do like does it it's yeah. creativity come out of that or does it allow you to be more open or I think that's I talk about two different groups um, the people who are they want to be more creative or entrepreneurial and they, they, I talk about that group is sort of the zero to one there they don't look they don't self-identify as creative but they want to be they're sort of like creative curious right. if you will and then there's a group that that has already started on that path and that's the sort of the one to ten and mm -hmm. ten being someone who's you know very uh, either creatively or entrepreneurially evolved and they're sort of living their dreams and someone who's at a one is like, okay, I'm just starting to figure this out. I got a little mojo going. And so for the zero to one folks, like how does you know, your uh, awareness and spirituality help you get from zero to one? And then for the other group, how about one to 10? And maybe they're the same it's thing. It's the same thing. Okay. So it's like uh, have, being on a spiritual path, being, so I, a spirit is, you know, inspired is in spirit. So being on a spiritual path means that we are engaging in spirit daily, and that is what is inspiring. And so, so what really, what does it mean to be a spiritual person? It means that you're stepping back and receiving and clearing whatever that channel that you believe in, whether it's the, the, the artist, the photographer, the writer. In my case, my art is I'm a speaker. You, know, you may have thought I was an author. Really, I'm a speaker. That speaker. is my art. And, and so when I am most inspired, when I'm a true channel for, for, for inspiration is when I'm publicly speaking. 
and, and, and that's my art, right? So, so what I would never put, I can't put anything before my spiritual practice because if you put anything before that, you'll lose it, right? You'll lose, you'll lose whatever you're putting before it. Sure. And so in, wherever you are in the creative spectrum, having a meditation practice, having a mindfulness practice and choosing to think with higher thoughts or reframe your belief systems or following a, a self-help book or a spiritual teacher consistently will only clear all the blocks to the presence of the power within you. So I think that people think, oh, I've got to go do something to feel powerful and connected and loved, right? No, you have to just release the blocks to the presence of what's already there. That's also, a, I think that's a powerful idea because you said earlier, like, let's not use the word work. That's one, yeah. of, one of the things that to me is a game changer is realizing that the, like, creativity, this stillness, this awareness, all this is actually present. It's not something that you have to go, like, fetch water and then, and then you get this thing. It, the, the fetching water is actually looking at what's piled up in front of this part of you and just pushing it aside and yeah. being sort of open to it. I often say that it's not how, what we do, it's how we be, right? So um, it's not like all the things I can do for my husband that make him madly in love with me. It's how I can be with him. Right? The more present I can be with him makes him fall madly in love with me again and again and again. Not what I've done today, right? Yeah, that's and, and that's the same, and that's the same for, for how we show up to any area of our life. It's not what we've done or what we've said, it's how we be. And so how do we come into that place of presence again and again and again? It's releasing the blocks, releasing the blocks to the presence. It's not getting the presence. You already have the presence. You just got to clear all the crap that is in the way. All the stories, all the chaos. And in many cases, it's, it's stuff we don't even know or remember. And that's where the deep, deep work comes in. To engage in the deep, deep work. So you have a master class that you uh, have built. A very popular, very successful. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Um, can you what, what, what's involved in that? Is it like a... Mm. Let me break it down What I started to find, it. and this is probably happening for you too, when you see people waking up to their calling, right? I started to find that many of my readers and my audience members or, or people that had come to my talks for years were kind of... Have, we're not kind of. We're having a spiritual awakening. And in the experience of having their own spiritual awakening, they were hearing a call, which happens to all of us. It happens to every one of us. When we change, we feel called to help create more change. And so when I started to witness all these people sort of being like, I want to be a life coach, or I want to be a blogger that's sharing inspirational content, or I want to be a nutrition coach, or I want to make my, my therapy practice more spiritual. I felt like I had a high level of responsibility to give them the tools that I've been using to once again demystify the principles, to um, be respectful of the energy of others, to and to make sure that my that my message was carried and that I was not shying away from the, the, the words and the wisdom that I needed to share. And so that's probably the biggest piece of this training is really giving people the confidence to own their voice as a spiritual teacher and or a healer or a leader or or a change maker or an influencer, whatever they want to call, whatever the words they use. Sure. And to really trust that their story matters and it's through their story that they'll heal others. And so that's been my, the, the primary intention is to create teachers, is to empower people who have, have had an experience of awakening to wake up even more so they can wake up others. A, a big uh, theme, if you will, 
for uh, people who've sat opposite me on this show is this intuition and uh, you know whether it's this the flashlight idea that it's always inside you and you just have to like shine the light on it um, I don't know what the right metaphor is <laughs> you're way bored wait way that was better. a good one that was pretty that was all right um, but the into talk to me about intuition. The the best things that have ever happened to me are were often done in the face of a lot of naysayers. I mean, even my desire to pursue a career as a professional artist, as a photographer, early on has been. It was met with a bunch of resistance. Resistance inside of me. Resistance from the world. Like, oh my gosh, you know, there's a reason they call them starving artists because you're not going to make any money. You're not going to. Like, what is that? That's not fulfillment. That's not something that's respected by society. And there's so many people out there that are trapped in that cycle of um, what other people want for them. Um, And what's really powerful inside you is this intuition. And I knew that that was my particular calling. What what advice would you give to people that are in conflict around that stuff? So intuition is, again, just like we were saying before, what's up for us. It's who we are. And... We block our intuition with the thoughts of what the world tells us to do, what's logical, thoughts like it's, you know, how can I be an artist because I'm not going to have any money or whatever those stories are that we've been, you know, been trained to believe in. And so the way that we really uncover and unearth that presence of our intuition, it sounds like a broken record, but it's the truth, is through a daily sadhana, through a daily practice. And so it's a daily practice of reprogramming those thoughts, a daily practice of stilling your mind, <clears throat> a daily practice of, of, of intention setting, prayer, whatever you want to call it, and being in constant contact with the voice of your highest self. The voice, the voice of your intuition comes from the voice of your highest self versus the voice of your ego, which is that fear voice that says that's too good to be true. You can know the difference between your intuition and your ego because your ego has an agenda. Your ego is like, no, it's, it's this way or that way, or it's got judgment, it's got separation, and it's doubt, right? There's doubt and attack. The voice of your intuition, Creatives right? doubting? Oh, never. Never. <laughs> but, but the voice of your intuition may not necessarily sound logical at times. It might not always What's sound logical. Um, oh my God, I have so many. Is it the apartment in New York you said? You wanted to have an apartment in New York? Totally. I mean, we were, we were searching and hunting for an uh, apartment in New York City to build a family and have a home. And it was just every single day it was going against my intuition. It just felt wrong. It felt like a struggle. Maybe yeah, you're like supposed to want to be in New York because that's where everything's happening. Exactly. Or I didn't know where else I was supposed to be. And then it was when, actually, we spent nine months, God bless my broker, just pounding the pavement trying to find this like dream apartment in New York City during the worst time to look ever. It was like the craziest market ever. And finally, my husband and I came home, and his mantra was, this is unfun, this is unfun, this is unfun. I was like, yeah, this really sucks. And so I said to him, let's pray, let's pray. And so we just said a prayer at dinner, and I said, let's open up to creative solutions. And within an hour... I started to engage in a conversation with him about how we always thought that we would you know, have a home in the city and have a home in the country, and that was like a balance that we really longed for. And he said, well, why don't we just do the opposite? Why don't we go, why don't we rent in the city and, and look what's available to buy in the country? It was just sort of this inspired idea, but that inspired idea of intuition could only come through when I said that prayer. Because I teach a, pr- uh, that, um, a, a metaphysical text, and it says that prayer is the medium of miracles. And so through prayer, we can reorganize. Through prayer, and we can say intentions. Yeah, prayer is a loaded word. Intention setting, redirecting, choosing love, right? Reorganizing your thoughts. When you can 
intend to see with the lens of love, which is our word today, you can reorganize, everything gets changed. So, so a prayer or an intention can be, and this is perfect for you I because did it. you hear what I'm, the prayer I'm, was? Oh yeah. I'm seeking creative solutions, right? Yes. I mean, I, hello, I like, look where we are. Yep. Let that be your mantra. If, that, if you just say that to yourself once a day, your spiritual path has begun. And I'm seeking creative solutions. And that is why I have a magical home in the country and I, a great rental in the city. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you did a great job. I think that's the perfect Save myself a lot of money. <laughs> right, yeah, you saved millions in the process. Yes. Um, so uh, let's go to you a little bit. What, what is something about you that most people don't know that if they found out they would be surprised? Mm, um, I'm still struggling. Yeah, I still, I, I still suffer. And that is very courageous of you to share. Yeah. I'm proud to say it because I think that the reason I'm a good teacher is because I'm willing to share my suffering. Uh, I mentioned earlier Brene Brown, good friend, really helped me understand a lot about vulnerability and, and it helped me as a artist, it helped me as a husband, as a friend, uh, and it, I, I just in acknowledging like, wow, this is hard, this is painful, and I'm, I'm classic, like, but if you spend too much time thinking about the shitty stuff, there's work to be done, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very much a fixer, um, but just to be able to sit down sometimes and say, wow, this is hard, or I'm, in your case, like you just said, I'm suffering. Um, is there power in that? Oh um, my God, so much power. <laughs> when you get sick, when <laughs> you- she laughs at me when I ask a question, you know it's absurd. <laughs> No, that's not absurd at all. I think that people actually think that acknowledging your suffering is, is powerlessness. And, and in fact, it's, it's where your true power lies, is, is just acknowledging that, that one, everyone suffers. Like, you know, really, we're all suffering. Being alive and have, being in the human form at this time is just suffering, right? Um, but that doesn't have to be a daily suffer, that there's light at the end of that. And so witnessing the struggle, and this is a lot of what Eckhart Tolle says, you know, witness, witness the thinker, and in that witnessing of that struggle, witnessing that chaos, that's when that freedom begins to set in. And so our, our, our work is not to dwell in the victim of being the sufferer. Our goal is to say, I see it, I'm in it. And I'm gonna say every single day, what can I do to transform this? That was magic. Uh, I'm gonna, another sort of one-liner is a lot of people talk about what would you tell your, you know, here you are, what would you tell your 18-year-old self or your 25-year-old, 20-year-old self, whatever, what would you tell your yesterday self? What's advice you would give to Gabby Bernstein you of yesterday? You are safe. You're safe. Why safe? Um, there's, when, I think when you, when, in my case, I made a deeper commitment this year to clear more and know more. And... Does it feel unsafe? It's scary, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's that higher self that is absolutely prepared. The only reason I'm able to know more and heal more is because of how much great work I've done to create a foundation that is safe. Beautiful. One of the thing that one of the things I see in people who are you know, inspired by the show or tuning in to get some wisdom is that they don't know what their creative calling is. You, you said, my art is speaking. How did you know what your art was? So um, I was asked to speak at, 
FIT, I think, was the first talk I ever gave. And it was like I was asked to speak at like a entrepreneurial class. Or what like, is FIT? Uh, the Fashion Institute of Technology. Okay. And I, would, I think there, that my office, I was 21. My office was like across the street. And I, one of my interns was in the marketing class. And she said, oh, can you come and speak to my class? And I went and I was like wearing like red cowboy boots and like a blazer and jeans. And I was just like a dirty t-shirt underneath. And I was like, you know, a 21 year old kid. These kids were probably like 18, you know, so like they're me. <laughs> a wise one, come yes, speak exactly. to us. <laughs> um, and I just started sharing my entrepreneurial story, which at the time was my inspirational story. I didn't have, I didn't have the, the depth of who I am today, but that was what it was. And so I started to share my story. And it didn't matter what I was saying. I mean, how, you know, cursing in this classroom and like saying like and playing with my hair. I was so alive and lit up in the in being a vocal messenger for a empowering, inspiring story. And that day I realized this is my purpose, this is my calling. And even though I was still dabbling in drugs and alcohol and partying, whatever, I knew that I had found my calling. And so we all have different unique creative ways of expressing our truth, expressing ourselves. For you, it was behind the camera, and now it's this, and, and for many people, it's writing. And so for me, you know, it's kind of writing, but it's really speaking, because that is, that is how I believe I am meant to be used as a messenger and as a vehicle. Uh, is there a piece of art or inspiration, or what's a, a piece of art or a piece of inspiration that's moved you recently? Oh, what a nice question. Um, you know, I think that the, the backdrop of nature that's outside the window, the window is my home is like windows. The windows of my home is what's the most inspiring to me. Because what happens around like six o'clock right now, because the daylight savings has just happened, it's around Ooh, seven o'clock. Yeah. So the sun sets over here, but I, I have this whole view of of, um, of, of the woods, I'm on top of a mountain, bread mountain is where I live. And, and it's overlooking this, this beautiful, these, green, these greens, and um, I, I see the sun, sort of like that golden sun start to come up uh -huh. as it's, the sun is setting over here, but the golden yeah. light comes up yeah, here. And light. it's like, the, it's the hippest art you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> And like no Instagram could possibly capture what's happening at my house at that time. There's a reason they call it magic hour. It's a magic hour. Right. Um, what am I not asking that I should for the people who are on the other end of this interview, listening or watching right now? You're asking I mean, so many I'm good I'm questions. pretty good. You're pretty damn good, man. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything that you've left no, out. No, um, there's got to be something. Like you, you, you've done a million of these things, and I'm surely I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a student of your well, and your work, but what... Like, well, what? we're talking to creatives, right? So let's yeah. talk about like the benefits of what a spiritual practice will bring to being being creative, right? right? So so I'm the cheerleader for Preach. meditation. Preach. Go, sister. Uh, so, so, um, so when we talk about a spiritual practice, just to reiterate, I'm, you know, there's books and books and books you could read on these topics, but the simplicity is, is prayer, we can call it intention here, and, and meditation. One prayer I've given everybody today is the prayer of I choose to see I choose uh, to, to see creative possibilities. I'm looking for creative possibilities, uh, and then the meditation practice we can use our satnam mantra, um, just so that they know. Okay, how do I begin my practice? Just that in itself Great. can set you up. But what are the benefits? Um, so you you clear the space to receive. 
you, 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 you know, a lot of people think that the they inspiration have to be like, is in spirit, like you said earlier. Right, I mean, you walk right. around looking for inspiration. Or what, people are getting high to get inspired, or they're, you know, doing crazy things to get inspired. When true inspiration can come in that step back and receive, right? So some of the greatest artists are, are meditators. Like the Beatles were like the, you know, TM was their thing, right? Yes. And so being able to, to almost step away from the crazy and be a and be receptive is what is what allows that creative process to unfold. It's a huge um, benefit. Another thing I think is a little practical and spiritual at the same time, which is that sort of effort, let's go mentality. Um, I'm a student of Kundalini Yoga and Meditation. Yogi Bhajan, who is the Kundalini master, said, um, had a beautiful sutra, which is, when the time is on you, start, and the pressure will be off. And so what does that mean to me is, is, that, is that like, just do it, right? You know, you're feeling like, I don't know where to start, I don't know how to begin. Just do it. I love how you say, go, go do something creative with love today. Go, do, go take a photo, go do that. Just be in the action and that, cre and that clear space for the creativity to unfold. And so, because we have millions of reasons for blocking. Um, and some yeah, of the other benefits, you know, the other benefits is that you can stay in that consistent energy of creativity and you can tap into it whenever you want. And I think people get, get confused by this, but I can say for, with conviction as a speaker, when I tune in before a talk, which means prayer, meditation, um, clearing the energy, the zone. Yeah. not drinking caffeine, like whatever it is that I have to do to just be in that field, I can always get in. I will never not get in. And so yes, there'll be distractions or some audiences won't be the same, but I can always land in that zone. And that's that, that knowing of how to find that inspiration anywhere, anytime becomes available to that's you. That's part of the, the most people don't understand the difference between someone who takes pictures or is a director or is just any creative profession where you're actually that creativity on demand. And as a professional, no one cares. Like mm -hmm. if you stayed out late last mm -hmm. night or if, mm -hmm. you're, if you're getting uh, well paid to solve huge mm -hmm. creative problems for someone that you've agreed to work with, they don't care. It's like a professional golfer. If you have a bad day, you stay out late and you shank one right. in the woods off the first tee and 10 million people are watching, they don't care that you know, you, you uh, got in a fight with your best friend last night because you're, it's basically, it's always on. And that, that act of having that at your disposal was really, really unlocked. I'm confirming what your point is here. It was really unlocked for me when I, when I started practicing. I was, yeah. it, there were times I, I would always go there, but it was often through sort of judgment and beating myself up and yeah. just, you will push through, you're going to make yeah. this happen. And it was a painful way. There's and nothing as soon creative as, about that, right? For sure. And as soon as I sort of got out of my own way and this stuff started flowing effortlessly that I was able to hit a new level. So mm. absolutely, I can guarantee that that is a benefit a promise, of yeah. what you're, what you're, yeah. what you're suggesting. Yeah. Wow. List of benefits. We've already gone uh, an hour, <laughs> which I would like to handcuff you to this chair and keep you for another half hour, but I know your time is valuable, so I want to say thank you. Um, let's talk about where people can find you. GabbyBernstein.com. GabbyBernstein.com, right and there. you're at Gabby Bernstein. Everywhere, I'm Gabby Bernstein. And how about the new Snapchat? Oh my God. Like, I'm it, into it. It's so freakish. It's so fun and playful. It's and, playful, and yes. I like it because the creativity that it brings is just because you can be sloppy. You can be you. You don't have to be perfect. Yes, and it's just, it's daily. It's lightweight. It's yeah. in the moment. I, I do love that too, dangerous. 
Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I see why Oprah is very like Gabby Bernstein is the new spiritual leader. I'm I, I'm grateful for your time today, and I I know that the folks at home are going to go check you out. So Thanks, have a great day. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say, A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this also. Uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platforms. So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.